a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. your continued support of our sponsors we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads click that amazon banner on pole mx to help us out and donate via patreon if it suits you and as always enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us Original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast with uh, Doc Wobbles. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Thanks to Maxis as well and uh, Alpine Stars all on board with this show, of course. Fly Racing from the FR5 boot to the Evo gear with the BOA or Light Hydrogen has the BOA. Also, to the uh, Formula Helmet, Fly Racing's got you covered head to toe. Thanks to those guys for making it happen. Go to your dealer. Demand uh, to see Fly Racing's latest, greatest. Uh, the Kinetic Mesh is out now. The Coral stuff that they just released at the Monster Cup is available now. Flyracing.com. Be like Blake Baggett and Justin Bogle and Zach Osborne and and uh, Weston Pike and everybody else and wear fly racing and that'd be great fantastic uh the formula helmet's simply amazing man i just these guys have done such a good job with this formula helmet uh whether it's the rion uh whether it's the lightweight whether it's the how quiet it is whether it's the venting uh the fly racing guys have uh, absolutely killed it with this formula helmet man so thanks to them for making it happen and uh, making this show happen i should say also maxis tires mxst developed by Jeremy McGrath, used by AJ Cantonzar out there in Supercross, mountain bike tires as well, light truck tires, uh, whatever it is, Max's tires will have you covered. They've, they've uh, done a good job with tires over the over the years. And if you uh, you're in the market for a high end tire and you haven't looked at Max's before, please check out the MXST line. You'll uh, you'll be impressed for sure. Chris Kiefer tested them and, and liked them as well. Uh, Alpine Stars, you know the name, uh, Tech Seven boot of choice of myself uh they don't have the booty but tech 10 the most advanced boot in motocross today the a1 chest protector the a4 chest protector the bionic neck support system alpine stars you know that a and that star uh, logo it's iconic at this point and thanks to alpine stars for coming on this podcast of course doc wobbles uh who actually i had to think about his real name when I was doing the beginning of this podcast, because everybody just knows him as Wobbs or Doc Wobb or whatever. Uh, he's an English guy. Uh, he was a mechanic over here for a long time. I used to run into him at the races, obviously. And uh, he's done a nice uh, secondary career building motorcycles, uh, do, supplying it to vet motocross the nations, and getting his hands on some real, real cool stuff over the years. And now he's got this titanium business that he's promoting as well. And uh, I think more and more teams over here are going to be using it for sure. It's, it's good quality stuff. So uh, I had to find out his name i had to google his name um and you'll as you'll find out here in this podcast because uh, i was like wait what's his name because it's just wobbles or wops everybody knows him right but uh you'll find out as you listen to this podcast where i'm like hey i even get his name wrong so uh thanks for listening appreciate it uh appreciate the company supporting the show as always and uh here we go the Re- fly racing racer x podcast and now, as promised, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars, a guy that I've known a long time. Uh, I've go back a ways with him and don't see him nearly as much as uh, as I used to, except for the random meeting at Pro Circuit the other day. It's Doc Wobbs. What's up, buddy? How are you? Not much, kid. How's thing? Uh, I'm good, man. Well, first of all, I guess your real name is Rob Robin McWalters. Nah, just Robin Walters, not Muck. Mick, no Muck uh, all right. <laughs> See, that, literally nobody calls you by your – who calls you by yeah. your real name? The police. Yeah, that's about it. Right, exactly. That's about it, I think. Every, I'm just Wob or Dot Wob or – Yeah, Wobbles or – Larry Ward, he'll call me Penguin or some of the Suzuki guys. <laughs> I've got a bunch of nicknames. Yeah, Penguin. I remember Penguin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Larry Ward thought I looked like the Penguin off uh, Batman. Right. Um, yeah. And randomly, I ran into you at Pro Circuit the other day. That's hilarious. Uh, you come yeah. over. You come over to the U.S. here and there. Um, yeah, I used to come every six months because my business is basically I buy up a lot of you know clearance stock, a lot of end of line stuff, and 
I usually I bought a bunch of stuff out of PC, but to be honest, most of it's I've bought most of the good stuff now. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I, I did good there for a little while because Mitch is a hoarder. You know, there's stuff sitting back there from the '90s, and that's getting oh, popular I, now. I know, right? And, and it, it's crazy how much the vintage stuff is growing and getting bigger. And I don't know how much everyone's rated Mitch's things by now. So. Um, but let's say, so I guess one of the things you're more into, and we'll get into your career, you work for Renard, you work for a bunch of people, um, Superlight Technologies, uh, your newest thing, titanium bolts, you're supplying a lot of GP teams uh, with their bolts and their hardware, you're working on the U.S. market, how's that going? Really good. Uh, I started doing it basically when the exchange rate turned bad for us um, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and... I was coming over here filling 40-foot containers full of bikes, and it just got to the point where I couldn't. It just There's no point in doing it. And whenever we're building bikes, if you can't buy the stuff, I always look to get it made. Yeah. And I've got a good friend of mine who does uh, Formula One uh, fasteners. Mm-hmm. I went to him, started talking, and you know he told me – I learned a lot pretty quick. And he told me about the grade and the processes and the materials. And then I started sourcing some suppliers and getting stuff made, getting some samples together. It's a lot of work and a lot of money. I didn't think it would, <laughs> didn't think it would cost this much. Yeah, it's um, we're doing really good at the moment. Yeah, we oh, just good. got good to hear. Yeah, Wilvo Yamaha just went from being like a, a privately funded, like sponsored mm-hmm. by Yamaha Amsterdam, to being the full factory deal, and now we've been approved as factory suppliers so that's a that's a big thing for us just from the start out you know yeah absolutely no that's good good to good to see i know um u.s teams if people are listening or, or people you can contact wobs on his website docwob.com um sure. it's good pricing too like c- c- compared to tie because i've been buying tie for some of these vintage bikes that i've been building and of course uh you know i used it uh, for many years on many teams and, and your yeah your pricing is good we're trying to get it down. I mean, it's still crazy expensive. I'm, my target is under a thousand bucks, but that's proven hard. With mm-hmm. the more stuff we make, the more, the more these modern bikes—they're not just M6, M, M8 bolts anymore. Most stuff's shouldered, special shapes. Yeah, and those those catch you out because they're really expensive to make. You know, like you order those by the hundred, yep. but you order a regular M6 bolt like three thousand at a time. You sure. get the price. Yeah, you know, it's funny. The You're right. I got a YZ450, and you look at the bolts that, like, compared to back in the day, like Yamaha, if a bolt doesn't need to be a, uh, an 8 or a 10, like a seat bolt and a side panel bolt and this an um, exhaust bolt are all different lengths and sizes, and I think years ago they used to just would be all the same. You know, we yeah, are they, looking at that, you know? They used to be just a bolt with an aluminum machine washer, and now they're all built in, which yeah. is cool, but it's... When you actually take a like a Yamaha, for example, you know Yamaha's got six bolts holding the rear fender on. Yeah, you just and it's just there's so much to do. And then once you start dealing with the teams, they want different stuff. Yeah, uh, and which is cool because you know we do the bolts for the extra mm-hmm. clamps, which is effectively a KTM clamp. Yeah, and um, so we just you know we we custom build kits for the teams pretty sure. big time. Sure. Um, I I quit wrenching a long time ago. Um, you're still kind of doing it a little bit, but. You know, you were, you were. I mean, we'll get to you building these vintage bikes for the U.S. guys, but basically, you were a mechanic for a long time in, in GPS and and in America, and you've moved on to this next stage in your career as have high. And I always tell people, Wobs, I'm just like, I would never go back to being a full time mechanic. You'd have to like kidnap my family, I guess, and then make me do it. I don't know. It's so, it was so yeah. much work back in the day, Wobs. I think it was, and I sound like some old dude telling these kids that they've got it easy, but you know. The- <laughs> The bikes that we had, they just weren't reliable, you know. Then they used to take a lot of work to keep on top of. Yeah, crazy, these right? Now you can take a stock 450, stick some suspension and a pipe on it, you go race it. Yeah, yep. You know, when I was building, you know, it'd take 40 hours to build a race bike. Yeah. You know, and you're gusseting stuff, and I don't know. It just seemed to be a lot more work. And, of course, when I was them, you know, in the box van days, you weren't just wrenching on stuff. You were building motors. You were driving the truck. I mean, that could be three or four days a yeah. week. Grocery shopping, washing clean, the van. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Organizing your parts. You know, luckily we had a suspension guy who wasn't doing that myself, but, you know, yeah. I was build, building wheels and yeah, just doing everything. I don't think a lot of these guys do that much anymore, you know? Do you look back on your wrenching career and, and sometimes think, what was I thinking? I wouldn't change it for the, I wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> I know, um, right? I think you're, you were a little bit like me where, like, we're foreigners, we're in America, this is the big dream. 
and we don't have any family or real friends outside of the people at the races. So why not just work our balls off? That was it. Well, that's that's kind of where the foreign guys benefit because there's no distractions. You have yep. a girlfriend bitching you out because you at work too long, or mm-hmm. you've got nothing better to do than to hang out of the shop. So yep. that's kind of what you do. Um. So Farley Castle Vet Destinations has had been, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years? How long has it been going on? A while. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's about that, yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've done it 10 years. It's it's a looks like a phenomenal event. i got to get over there at one point and, and time. Um, somehow you got suckered. I mean, you got into asked into building these bikes uh, for this race for the American riders that come over and everybody from Tedesco to Dubok to Kalos to Lachine. Uh, you know, Dowd, you name them, they've come over to hoop. They've come over, they've raced these races, um, fro, and you've been the man for the most part to build them, these KX500s, CR500s, whatever kind of they want or their, 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 their contract needs or whatever. How'd you get into that, first of all? I mean, obviously you were building bikes for magazines and everything, but how'd you become the point man for Team USA at this Farley race? I've no idea how it happened, really. I mean... <laughs> I'm lucky enough to have been around, you know, the 90s is the what everybody's digging at the moment. Or the 80s, I was around at the Grand Prix. So I kind of know what it's got to look like, and I kind of know the strengths and the weaknesses. And to be honest, they're easy. Um, I've got mechanics at home who work for me. They work on four-stroke stuff, and I don't know. I could learn, but there's no point, and I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to learn, you know? Yeah. I could take one apart if I had to, but I'd really prefer not to. <laughs> <laughs> but on the four stroke on the two stroke stuff you know i was there and yeah it's it's a lot easier to to work on something more familiar and you know you know people get carried away with a couple of years ago they were anodizing everything now they're seracoting everything yeah and the, bike, the bikes look disco you've got, you've got to do just enough or just what it's supposed to look like and it's not hard to find them pictures it's got to be i was a geek i kind of watched everything going on right from the side wanting desperately to be a mechanic and you were taking this stuff in i guess mm-hmm. so um, um are you running out of kx parts like are we uh, you know i mean stuff's hard to find now you know but stuff's starting to be repro- re- reproduced and we're looking into we've got with my formula one guy he's helping me out with um uh, digital printing with you know rapid prototyping uh-huh. and I've got my hands on a KX500SR two-piece clutch cover, which we've now got a plastic version we bolted to a bike to make sure it works. And, you know, we're trying to develop that. I'm getting, the, I'm trying to get the machining cost down to get those to be sensible money. Oh, wow. Okay. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Things like that, right. you know, because if you can't, if you can't get it, you've got to make it. And yeah. These bikes are not going away, luckily. Yeah. yeah. I just think it constantly shifts. It's like the 90s stuff now is getting in. <laughs> the favor because a the, what's what's weird is the dumb stuff you can't get like you buy a a cr250 89 you can buy it for nothing but you won't buy fork guards right you can't get, right can't right. get them for loving the money you know and you i've gone to ufo to make them i've looked into it this is making plastic molds is expensive you know right and, and and at some point these guys just threw that stuff away or whatever you know yeah, it uh, just runs out yeah it, just it runs, runs out, out yeah. and it's just you know the the promoters in England, they keep with this 1989 law, and I, I kind of keep telling them, dude, you should stick to, like, 25 years old, and it gives people a chance to buy a bike from eBay and yeah. potentially race it in a couple of years. But they keep to this 89 thing, and it started off as a, oh, so a cheap form of racing, but I, these things are like 10 grand now. You know? I never thought of that. So, yeah, the rule's 89. That's right. So, yeah, come on, man. You guys got to open that up a little bit because it, well, it was 89 a long time ago. Right. Well, the thing is, I, I bitched them out to the point where I wasn't going to do it anymore because it was just – to just consume my whole life and then they <laughs> there's, a, there's a new class called super evo which is like 96 well that opens up a whole new world yeah yeah and you know like this year with brownie he was contracted to yamaha this year right so he called me up said hey dude can you build me a 490 no i cannot build you a 490 because they're <laughs> awful i don't like them they don't do anything well yeah and as a business i have to sell the thing after yeah but I came over to the States in 93, and I worked for Numac, and I kind of know how to make one of those things run. Uh-huh. And luckily, I had a pretty good 125, a, chest, a full-on Chesterfield factory 125 in my office, which I I got the linkage copied, I got the triple clamps remade, and you know we could build a bike that was going to run good. It was a gamble, because he could have come back after practice and just yeah. said, this, thing, this thing's a pile, but it worked out all right. We were talking the other day at Pro Circuit, and you told me that Brownie... If you closed one eye, it could have been 1990, 
Two yeah, dude, he, he was, the speed he was going around there, he would have held his own at a Grand Prix back in the day. Yeah. Just an animal. And then who's the guy Who's the guy that's come over, jumped on a KX500 and said, I don't want anything to do with this? Has there been uh, a guy? Yeah, I mean, Ivan never rode one in his life. You know? right. He's a professional. You know, that kid's good as gold, and he was easy to deal with. But mm-hmm. It was an eye-opener. And yeah. that track... That track looks awesome, but it's so unforgiving because there's yeah. so many guys on the track. And yeah. it, gets so, it gets so rough. And these guys don't see the track until Friday morning. They don't get to ride the bike until practice. They get five laps, yeah. of, which three, of, of which three are timed. Yeah, They don't get any time to get be prepared, really. You know, it's not really fair. It's, it's, um, it, it, outside, of, outside of Brownie, has there been an American guy that surprised you on a 500? Like, um, who, could, who was like, whoa, this guy's... <laughs> pretty good i mean bale was awesome you know but that's john michelle bale for you yeah he rode his old honda right it was his old honda no the only thing thing that was on it i was building a bike for him an 89 500 okay i went to mitch to get the pipe and he said oh and you know we went upstairs over his in his showroom and he's digging through boxes and he found the cylinder for the book from when he rode the last time he raced which was 92 uh motocross nations in australia and he said, hey, have that, put it on. Ah. So John Michelle Vale said to me, J&V said, hey, this is the first time I've gone to a gate in 22 years. And yeah. I'm like, well, actually, it's got the same cylinder on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he was great. He, he was awesome. He, he was awesome. He whole shot and he was pulling away. But, he's, you know, he doesn't ride now. And yeah. like I was telling Ryan Villapoto, I said, dude, these kids, this is, their big, this is their big deal. They look forward to this all year. You know, you're going to go over there and have a ride around and, yeah, want to drink, and want to drink beer, but these kids don't mess about, you know. Yeah. There's people, there's people you're going to be racing with you have never heard of. Uh, yeah, this Edwin Edwinson guy or whatever. Like, I mean, I've oh, heard of him. Just, he, yeah, just names. Just like we know him from Grand Prix, but these guys yeah. are testing and practicing all week. They take it seriously. Yeah, man. yeah, absolutely right. Um, so you've been suckered into this thing every year. You, you're the one. Yeah, every together. year I yeah. say never again. I ain't doing it again. <laughs> it kind of screws my whole summer because the race is in September. Yeah, the kid, the the kids are on vacation from school. I can't go away because it's just all going on. Mm-hmm. And every year I think, oh, we'll do it earlier, we'll do it earlier. But there's always going to be somebody going to let you down. And, you know, the guy who made the discs for us was like, when's the race? And I told him. So he shows up the Wednesday night before with the discs. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. Really. Um, but you managed to sell these, huh, these things after the, for the uh, most part? They sell, they sell at the track, yeah. yeah. We sell them. I've, got, I've, got, I've got clients, I've got customers who basically when I tell them what I'm building. Yep. They'll say, "Yeah, I love that." And you know, I have a guy. There's a guy who showed up to Farley who I've sold six bikes to. Really, spend, really. I'm ne- I, I never met the dude. Mm-hmm. The dude come in, in, introduce himself at Farley. Wow, super yeah. cool. But yeah. he's just really. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, so you've got your hands, and you're a, you're a great follow on Instagram. Everybody, follow. Uh, is it Doc Wob or what? What is your Instagram handle? Do you oh, I'm not sure exactly okay. what it's Doc Wob Imports or something. like Yeah. That. It's a great, great follow. You've got a lot of works parts, a lot of special bikes, things that you can't get anymore that you somehow, Rob, get your hands on. I don't know how, but one of the coolest things I saw you do, and, and you still owe me a story for this. It's not going to happen, I don't think. But you, so you rebuilt Dave Thorpe's what year? Eighty six. Eighty six. Uh, works bike. Um, yeah. Some I, just somebody called you up and said, "Hey, I got a shell of one." And, and well, basically, Thorpe originally rang me trying to sell, trying to me to help him sell the three bikes. Because when you, the, back in the day, you won a world championship. A part of your contract is you got the bike given to you as right. a trophy. Yep. Uh, Honda were so weird about anybody else seeing that bike. They they used to rebuild them with no internals in the suspension, no internals in the engine. Mm-hmm. You know, the kickstart would flop around. There's no. Yep. There's a gearbox shaft in there, but nothing else. No clutch, no crank, no piston, nothing. Yeah. So uh, I made some inquiries. Turns out a collector guy who I've dealt with on a few occasions bought the 86, and he, he called me up. Okay, can we build it so it runs again? I'm like, <laughs> really? But, uh, yeah, maybe. So, you know, all that stuff was in Europe somewhere. So I started digging around, and we managed to get the thing running, and over the years, the, the bike's been on loan so many times. There was no titanium bolts left in it, so we had to make a bunch of those. And it was a lot of work, but it was pretty cool to see that thing yeah. inside, you know. And, 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 and it's not a matter of, like, what, what production stuff would fit? Anything? Nothing. 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 Front, right. front, front, 
I think front fender and tires, pretty much. <laughs> Crazy, insane, and and you got to remember um, too, yeah. like there was no work spikes in America in '86 either. This was this was one of, you know, four. Uh, insanely trick, yeah, insanely right. cool. And the good thing is, whenever you do these bikes, people, there's always going to be somebody who says that's not the real thing, or I think you'll find you got these guys. They they're looking at photographs and they're saying that oh he won that disc, or you're like. You've been a mechanic. You know that bike's not the same week in, week out. It's yeah. certainly not the same at the end of the season to how it started out. No, no. It's a different beast. It might have the same graphics on, but that's yeah. about it. It's a different beast altogether. And you can always tell some of these collectors, they start throwing out their matching engine and frame numbers. And straight away, you think, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever engine's in that thing is, is whatever cases that mechanic pulled from the stores on a Tuesday morning. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, how'd you get electronics for it? Is, was that all right? Was that no, that was, that was hard. We had to rewire the thing, and it was touch and go. Uh, I actually called the owner, and I said, look, this thing's built, but there's no spark. We can't get it to spark. And there's a guy who works for me called Mike, and he persevered and persevered. And in fairness, we got a spark, and it fired up. So, Wow. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was luck or if that was just yeah. sheer bloody-mindedness to get the thing started. And, you know, we put a little video on Facebook, and that thing's got like half a million views did, or something. Does the guy ride it at Farley or no? No, no. The no. guy's a collector, and he. We were going to do a test with it. That's why I was waiting. I've got all the photographs of it in bits, yeah. and I've I can I can write up a story. But we were waiting on the guy to get out and test it with Thorpe, and that's just never happened. So maybe I can I can make some calls because I've got to arrange uh, a test with the same guy with uh, the Paul Malin SR five hundred I just built. Yeah, yeah. You showed me some photos of that at. Uh... At Pro Circuit, so this is a perimeter frame KX500 Malin and Thorpe rode them. Um, very like one or two years, that's about it. Um, yeah, 1991 they made them. Yep. Um, Thorpe, Thorpe in 91 decided to go to the steel frame, the regular frame, like mm-hmm. steel. Um, oh. Malin really liked the bike, so he rode it. And then after he was finished with it, the bikes went to they got recycled basically, went to Belgium, and Billy Lyles raced them the following year. Oh, really? Oh, okay, so Lyles still, still was on them. Um, God, you got some connections, Wobbles. Is is it a lot? Is some of this stuff a little black market? Is some of this stuff a it's little... It's all black market. Yeah. It's all black market. Nobody yeah. sells anything, do they? Right, right. So it's a little bit like, hey, I got this thing. I can't tell you where I got it from, but I got a crank or I got wheels or whatever. Yeah, I'm hoping the factories, you know, at the end of the day, the guys who are in control of that stuff are long gone, really, you know? Yep, yep. Nobody really cares. And it's a little bit of heritage, really, if anything, you know? Like, yeah. at least the factory's getting some love. You'd think, you know, I'd be happy if I was a manufacturer seeing the old bikes coming out again. You'd yeah, think, but... I, I agree. I agree. There's a, a lot of DeGroote stuff floating around, too, I've seen on different forums. There is a lot of DeGroote stuff. But the, the problem with these factory bike collectors, and I've got a little issue with it because it's like you said, we go way back. You know who. And there's some of these guys, they come out of the woodwork, and they, they're like these experts. And you're like, well, who are you? I never saw you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that sounds mean but you're just like there's a lot of these experts out there mm-hmm. and there's very few of them who are in the trenches with us yeah yeah and, and you have to question them you know and if it's like lee mccullum or somebody you're like well he's been there and done that you know yeah yeah so he's got an opinion he's got a valid you know but when there's guys you've never heard of just come out of the woodwork start telling you what's right and wrong you're right. like mm, um yeah, sure i believe you you uh have anything ever to do with a ym 500 Anything? No, I nearly, no. I, nearly, I nearly bought one. You did? Oh. Oh, I nearly bought one, but the guy messed me around, messed me around, and it was a little bit on the cheap side, and they always say if it's too good to be true, it usually is. Yeah, um, yeah, good point, right? Good point. And then when I did see the bike, it was uh, – when it, after it, somebody else had bought it, some other guy paid five times more than I wanted to for it. I bought the – I bought I bought the wife of Range Rover instead. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, there's like six of them I think left in the world. Somebody told me. Yeah, they're just all bits, and that's that's the trouble. A lot of these factory parts, you know, that they're either parts which have been used and they're they've gone past their usable hour, you mm-hmm. know, yep. at yep. times, or they just didn't work. You yep. know, a lot of this stuff get got tried and didn't work, right. and then it got put to one side, and now the people are building bikes with it, and <laughs> it didn't it didn't work back in the day, and it work now. Yeah. Yeah, funny, huh? Um, so how much of your business is the titanium? How much of your business is restoring and building old bikes for people and doing that kind of well, stuff and buying got, and selling bikes? Got, yeah, I mean, an old friend of mine told me, you know, you need different income streams because streams dry up, and I think that's true in this sport. Yeah. So we've got basically a, a, an eBay parts 
store basically we've got maybe ten thousand listings and uh you know we import plastics we import graphics we import a bunch of stuff we manufacture yeah. a bunch of bits and so then them guys are busy doing that we've got a side of the business which sells modern bikes and we're doing about 350 bikes a year mm-hmm. through them just normal you know yeah last year's honda 500 450s and stuff and then we've got the titanium side and we've got the restoration side so mm. we're already we're spread pretty thin, but there's always we're always busy doing something. Yeah, seems like it. Seems like it. I saw you put a bunch of uh, Gabor's factory Honda stuff for sale. Uh, guy, I'm looking at. It, I'm like, that would be so cool to have. And then I'm like, what do I do with it? Yeah, what do I do with the front fender brace that that they used to? Oh, run, I know. You know. What I find is like, I get offered this stuff because people know I can buy it. Yeah. You know, I bought a bunch of that stuff from a guy, and I'm just trying to get my money back, and then whatever's left over, I'll keep. You know. Yeah. And things yeah. like them fender braces. We copy them. We just them yeah. case cards. You know, you, you get one in a batch of stuff, and you send it off, and my guy profiles it, and you can get it made. It's really yeah. not that hard. Yeah, it's not that bad, right? Exactly. No, I know. It's funny. Um, Fly Racing Racer X podcast uh, presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars with uh, Doc Wobbles on the phone here. Um, hey, so I guess I, I think you probably grew up a lot like me, where you you, you know I'm, I'm from Canada, you're from England, you're going the Canadian, you're going the, the GPs in England and the local GP nationals. I'm going the Canadian stuff, and I guess grew up dreaming of being a racer. And when that didn't work, the next best thing was a mechanic, huh? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I didn't have a bike till I was 17. My dad was into rugby, never bought me a bike. I bought my own, which isn't a bad thing. I think that's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do it so bad. I raced myself a little bit, but ran out of talent. And then um, I became a mechanic when I started hanging out with Rob Andrews. He's local to me. Oh, is and he? So, okay, yeah. Uh, I, hung, I hung out with him and, and Max Anst, his father. I worked with I worked with him in like 86. Um, and at the time, there was positions available because there used to be things called French internationals where basically they'd have them on a weird like Tuesday. There'd, uh-huh. be like a race. There'd be like a race in the middle of a field in France. They'd pay these guys a bunch of money to show up and race there'd be thousands of people there but yeah. of course the race mechanics were busy building the bikes so they needed somebody to go with them to go and race this race so yeah. that's how i got, that's how i got in oh okay so you're doing these things um, for different guys but, yeah exactly but you know you always look into the states because they're the big names and i think now with the internet and the world's a smaller place and you know when i was a kid the, these these guys are gods amongst men you know yeah and, when I, I went to Bercy when I was working for Mark Banks at Honda and they put us in the Honda pits and across the barrier was like, RJ, you just like... Yeah. I remember walking around the stadium and seeing Diamond and Ward and just yeah. like the Sheens, just like these, these gods amongst men. And I was yeah, just yeah. absolutely blown away. I'm, but now I've, I know them all and I think, you know, are these guys looking up to the guys nowadays? Are, are, even with McGrath and Emig, you know, I think they were the last superstars, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's changed a little bit, for sure. I yeah. just don't see Tomac and that having the same charisma and pull as those guys, do you? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think, I often think about that, and then I just think maybe I'm just getting too old and jaded, you know? Yeah, um, and I think. But, but it's, I mean, I'm with you. Like, hard to see a Marvin or Tomac or even Anderson getting these love that jeremy and fro and 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 ricky and i, I don't know yeah, man. i'm with you I'm with that, you. i left that ricky but he, he owes me yeah. a bunch of, of um, bonus money that kid yeah there we go um uh <laughs> i'm with you a little bit so all right so you work for mark banks and rob andrews a couple of uh of good uh english riders back in the day yeah, english yeah. Grand Prix guys back in the day yeah, yeah. um and then how do you get to new mac in 93 how does that work basically i had a shop and i was bored of that and the the shop got burgled like three times in a year and I couldn't get insurance. So I actually got talking to Terry Good, who was the Technocell importer. Yeah. That, that museum now. And he was the Technocell importer. And I spoke, to, I, I said I'd be interested in coming over to the States. And he said he he sponsored a kid from Florida who could, who's looking for a mechanic. I mean, I think I was on 50 bucks a week first year I came. You know? Really? Because you just want to do it. You yeah. Come over yeah. And so I flew over with my toolbox. And, you know, luckily, New Mac was pals with swing so i spent more time at brian's place than i did with new mac because gene had his girlfriend staying with him and stuff uh this so, is this is gene like 20 number 24 in a cowie that's right yeah yeah he so, was 42 on yamaha when i was there oh okay yep yep um yeah, yeah he's funny guy i did a podcast with him maybe like a year ago it's great oh, 
to me screaming. The, story, the stories I can tell you about him and Jeff Glass. Oh, boy. Good. I know, I know. I, 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 I spent a, a couple of weeks at Glassy's place in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah. And then uh, the, the, the also the uh, Gene's dad building the jumps and then saying, Swink can jump it. And then them all yeah. saying, hey, Swink, don't jump it because my dad thinks, you know, he thinks these jumps are, are fine and they're massive, I guess. Exactly. And, you know, look, I mean, Brian was the coolest guy, but he, I mean, when you meet guys and they say, hey, I'm crazy, you're thinking, no, you ain't. Yeah. You know, I hung out with Glass and Swink, I know what crazy is. <laughs> Brian, I hung out with Brian a lot, too, through Paggio, who, who was his brother-in-law. You know, yeah, yeah. But, but Brian was always a troubled sort of soul a little bit, you know? Very much, yeah. Um, a quiet, uh, sort of angry a lot of times yeah. angry and you're like what are you angry about brian you're like a factory rider like you're good you're you're awesome you know but, exactly but i hung out and he was cool as, he was cool as shit with me you right know? and i used to stay there and work on gene's bikes and gene would go home come back the next day and you know me and brian would be like where are we gonna go for dinner and he's like i'll fight you for it we put the gloves on and literally fight <laughs> and whoever won got to pick where we go for dinner and i mean uh-huh. the dude would be showing up to races covered in bruises and stuff <laughs> <laughs> this is uh is this suzuki days or is this honda troy suzuki days yeah. 93 suzuki number right. 19 on right. 250 suzuki yeah yeah uh, he won gainesville first moto i think that year he did marshall was his mechanic and you know we were hanging out back at in ocala with bear dog and all those guys you know yeah, yeah bear dog i forgot about bear dog yeah small balls remember him? yeah exactly um so okay so th- so now you're you're hooked you're, you want to stay in america yeah and and, and who was next well, I worked for Tom Morgan, actually, because when I was working for Gene, Tom was building his engines. Okay. And Tom was impressed that I could actually build engines, and I'm like, mm, yeah, it's kind of what we do. Yeah, yeah. So, because most American guys can't. At the time, they would send the engines off. So I used to build Gene's engines, and Tom would do the porting. Then he offered me a position basically building engines for him, like stripping them. Yep. He'd do the porting work, and then I'd put them back together. Okay. And is that where was he located? Was he in Havasu that still? That was Clearwatery Wave. Oh, okay. Kind of direction. But I was only there about six months. Yep. And, you know, if I was going to be away from home, I wanted to be racing. Sure. I didn't want to be working in an industrial unit somewhere. I could do that at home. Right. And then uh, Joe DaCosta approached me about working for Lyles because Lyles had signed for Vertomati, and this was a hand-built bike, and it was going to be cool. And, you know, Bill is a big name. Yep. So I went I went to Europe with him in 94, um, worked with Billy. We didn't stay at Vertomati long. We I do not on. remember a Billy Lyles Vertomati era. No, it was very – it was a few – it was a few Italian, internet, like pre-season races, and then we kind of dawned on us that there just wasn't enough shit to make it through the season. Yeah, and there was Smets and Billy both breaking stuff every time they rode it, and it was going to be like hard work. So we left and went and bought Hondas. Uh huh. And then we got picked up by Joe Bay's team, and we ran them for the rest of the year. Oh, okay. In '94. '94. That was yeah. '94. So now you were back in Europe, trying to get back to America, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I came back america in 97 with paul edmondson mm-hmm. um he came and rode the gncc suzuki he won the world championship in 96 and mike webb hired him to come to america to race yeah and it was a big deal it was a huge it was deal. A big deal yeah and paul was you know, a good friend of mine for years i worked with him in 89 and we were just good pals and he needed somebody his mechanic from the gas gas days was a very good mechanic but he didn't know his way around the states and i think it needed somebody who knew his way around the states to a certain degree and so you know i was at suzuki then and working with Paul, and that's how I got to hang out with Leroy and, you know, Tony Ballou and all those guys. So yeah. To, you know, and that's where I wanted to be, really. That's that, And that's uh, uh, Rodney Smith era, right? Edmondson? Yeah, it was Rodney Smith, Steve Hatch, and Paul Edmondson. Okay, yeah. They're a good team, and Mike Webb's the coolest dude to hang out oh, with and work for. Great you. guy, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah, so cool. Um, and so that was fun. That's that's funny that you went all the way to America, well, the second time, and ended up working for you know your buddy in 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 GCC, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, and I worked with Paul. Then from there, I went to the race team, worked for Reynard, which was a good year for me, but it nearly broke me because I was exhausted at the end of it. Uh, that what year was that? Uh ninety eight. Ninety eight. Okay. Yeah. When he was going fast on that Primal Impulse one twenty five. Yeah. Um. How was Primal? How was Kurt Clovis? He was rich, dude. You know, and yeah. it's a it's like I was always the, I was always good there because like Robbie was the golden boy, you know. Sure. We could do we could do no wrong, and you know he'd never questioned my expenses and anything I needed. I got a brand new box man, and and I'm not the best team player. I'll admit, you know, if I'm on a team, I want everything, and that's just <laughs> hey, that's just I want my guy. I, I'm not a team player because in my head, it's me and my guy versus the world. Doesn't matter if you've got the same color bike. Yeah, 
And that was the yeah. way I'd always work it. And that's maybe how me and Robbie got on so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got, and then the following year, I was offered a position at Suzuki and initially for Albertine because Ian Housen wanted to come off the road and go right. in house. And then Robbie ended up signing for Suzuki. And then uh, there was a load of drama with, I think, the Rocco's dad and Ian Harrison. And uh, Albie got married and didn't change his green card. And he they had to go to the airport and have his fingerprints taken. He came back. No green cards only. No work visas. So oh, I really? Got I got oh. screwed on that deal. Yeah. Oh, wow. That sucks. Um, yeah. Did you, when you worked for Robbie, did you feel like you had Robert, his dad, over your shoulder a lot, or how was yeah, that? He was, he was cool as shit. He to was be good, yeah. He, yeah. he was good because he knew that I just wanted the best for the kid. I wasn't looking after my job; I was looking after his kid. Right, right. And that was the difference, I think. And yeah. like he, used to, you know, like I used to go to him for help and advice, and I don't think that that had happened before. I think people were kind of telling him to stay away, and mm-hmm. it dawned on me fairly quickly that if you if you involve the kid's dad. The kid obviously has got to where he's got with his dad being by his side, and his dad can build a bike that he likes. Yeah, and but his dad would like it. You know, I'd tell him also the way it was. If he had a if he had a shitty race, I'd tell him. You know, I got I got in trouble for Bud's Creek the one time. He's riding around, and I've I've put a, on the pit board twenty four. What the fuck? I've written on it. <laughs> <laughs> I get back, and DeCosta's there with a the, with a stern face. I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> but you, you know, you put a lot into this. You know, you're passionate. So. Yeah, uh, Unadilla. What a day that was for Robbie. Ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody, I even Nick Way. Last time I saw him, that thing was a big born. I'm like, it wasn't. Honestly, God, that I was the word. Of the, my, that was the word in the pits, Wobbles. I know. I will go to my grave, kid. That was not. It was bone. But we had it tuned to the point where if I didn't put a piston in it, it wouldn't last two races. <laughs> it was good on the dyno for like twenty eight minutes. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and the thing was just burning up. It wasn't very. It was fast, but it didn't last long. Oh. But I was, and I, I, dude, I swear, on my kids, my kids' graves. I'm telling you, yeah, that thing, one twenty-five. Wow, he was big. He was big. First of all, Robbie's big, yeah. and and that thing was hauling ass. Yeah. yeah, and you get the sweet spot with him, and he's good. And everybody would say, "Oh, he, he's fading, or he has a different motor for the second race." And he he struggled to put two races together. He did. Yeah. Yeah. But hey. But, you know, we we got protested six weeks. I think the last six nationals we got protested. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And it's, what's cool about being protested is you know you're legal. No yeah. biggie. Yeah. And you get to keep the protest. Yeah, you get some money. Yeah, so oh, nice. I used, to go, I used to go spend it. I used to go out, take all the other mechanics out drinking. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so what did you do the next year? Uh, 99, I was, I was kind of screwed late into the season because yeah. Robbie wasn't going to sign his contract because I wasn't part of it. Bevo was pushing for me to stay with him. So it all kind of got jacked up. So I was, then Mike Brown approached me at Bercy about working for him with a Thorpe thing. So that was going on. And then Thorpe's dad ended up doing it, Keith, which you can't fault that decision because Keith's a legend, you know. Mm-hmm. And yep. then um, I came back with Paul in 2000, 2000, 2001 at Kawasaki. Okay, yeah. And then... Uh, I was there for two years with the GNCC thing, and that was cool because we were pro circuit at that point. So I got I got friendly with Mitch and those guys. Right, and then uh, I got to, I got offered to be the Smith Goggle guy, and so it was oh three oh four oh five. I worked for Smith Goggles. Mark Ferris approached me about doing that, and they were some really good years. And, you know, it was and a, you were on the road for that again, right? That's where that was just a... on the road. That's what you did. You just lived in the camper van and you drove around. But it was at first because like Brian Berry Mufford had so many riders he had a bigger budget yeah so the first years i think i had like 35 dudes yeah, trying yeah. to build a horse for it. it was intense and then but the best thing about the smith thing was the people i was with you know like mark ferris you couldn't work for a better dude he yeah cool. really really good guy yeah really, really good guy. yeah never fell out with him once i worked there nine years in total he never said anything i wasn't happy with he was cool as shit yeah of course, the week I started, me and Denny started the same day, and you know what Denny's like. Denny Stevenson, yes, Denny. Oh my God, I had so much fun with that. I love that dude like a brother. <laughs> he's he's something else for sure. Oh, yeah, Denny, fun, Denny. Yeah. Wherever a good time was had, uh, there was Denny Stevenson. He was there. Yeah, and people ask you questions, and I'm like, dude, I've had nights in Vegas that are literally like the hangover, like you're having flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. You're like strip club limo. <laughs> you're just like, oh, my God, who was there? Where did we go? Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I can believe it for sure. You also, were, were you not Alessi's first goggle guy? I was Alessi's first goggle guy, and that was always the issue with, like, I was, we'd go to the Retters, and I'd be trying to sign guys, and, 
I see Ryan riding around, and I'm like, we need to get that kid. But he didn't want to come on board because we, we signed a Lacey. And right. There was so much needle there. But, you know, I, I got with – that's when I got to know those guys, like your Wymers and your Villapotos and those mm-hmm. kids. And so now I go to the races, and none of those are riding, and it's a little bit like, I don't care. When. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, right? Yeah, they're all gone now. Um, yeah. Yeah, so believe the hype. That, that he day? was a good kid. He was always good with me. Yeah, he was a good kid. Him and his brother were fun, you know. Right. And his dad, I see his dad do some dickish things, but never did to me. So speak as you find, you know. <laughs> they yeah. were always so, cool with me. No, I had no problem with them at all. But I did my best for them, and I think they knew that, you know. Right, right. Um, and it was nice to get away from the wrenches, I guess, too. At this point, for you, it was a weird thing. It was a weird thing to go from doing one guy's everything to a little part of. A bunch of guys it was a weird thing yeah. you know of course you go from truck to truck and you know you'd be upstairs like i used to do ezra stuff so yeah i'd be sitting upstairs in the semi with james just sitting bullshit and building goggles and you get to see these guys in a little bit of a better environment and at yeah. the time i was i was also working for a magazine in the uk called moto and you know you properly get behind the scenes there and you can only print about 30 percent of what yeah. you told yeah but, yeah you really can't let it all hang out i I did the goggle thing too, obviously for X brand, and you did X, yeah. X brand stuff in Europe uh, for X. Yeah, I did for a few I, years. Yeah, I didn't like it that much wobbles, just because like, I, I mean the mud races and everything else, and and then I had riders getting upset at me, and I'm like, w- w- it's mud race. What do you want me to do? I can't make the impossible. I can't make a goggle. No, Laugh. they are just bits. Of, they are just bits of plastic, and you know rocks are going to bust them up. And yeah, I just. I didn't Some like guys how get so passionate. You're just like, what do you want from me? You know? Yeah, like I don't understand. Like, here's a goggle that I built with tear offs and Vaseline and tape, and it's raining and it's muddy and good luck. But yeah. you know, you and a lot of other guys aren't going to have your goggles at the end of this race. No, you have to be sensible. But sometimes they did wig out, and I think the Americans wigged out more with the mud races than the Europeans because they were used to it more. Sure. Um, but the American guys just used to freak out, and you do the best you could for them. But like Bevo said to me, dude, it's all going to be over at 5 p.m. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't like it. I got stressed for sure. I, I, yeah, no, I didn't. It wasn't – there was days where it was hard. I mean, my worst – you know, I, I I worked some awful races. You know, Anaheim with Travis. Was that 05 maybe, Anaheim? Yeah. Something like yeah. Awful. And then there's Southwick one time where I burnt through my whole weekend's worth of shit on Saturday. <laughs> like, I was up till 4 o'clock in the morning building more. Jeez, yeah, no, I, I can believe it, man. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 nuts. Uh, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web. From the uh, FR5 boots to the Formula Helmet, they've got you covered head to toe. Thanks to the folks at Fly Racing for coming on this podcast. And Maxis MXST tires developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath. And, uh, of course, Alpine Stars uh, as well. Um, great guys and great company over there at Alpine Stars. Thanks to Racetech, racetech.com. Use code pulp nineteen. When you go to ch- save at, at uh, Race Tech, whether it's motor work, whether it's suspension work, they can help you out. They can value in. They've done a lot of good people, including Mike Alessi, back when Wobbles uh, first worked for uh, Mike Alessi. Race Tech was uh, was there for them. So get uh, get 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 some savings on motor work and, and suspension work, everybody. And Race Tech can dial you in. So uh, Doc Wobbles is on the line. So how many GPs do you go to? I don't do many at all now. No? I got burnt out on it, to be honest. I, I think Smith killed me because... <laughs> I'd do all the all the supercross, all the nationals. You'd go to like Vegas, mini whatever they were called, the amateur race at Vegas, then Loretta's, and then whenever there's a week off, you do a Grand Prix. Then at the end of the season, you're doing the after, you know, the Bercy's and the uh, Geneva Supercross. And I just did too many races, I think, and I yeah. did that for I did that for nine years. Right? And it just, dude, I don't care. I know it sounds awful. I just, <laughs> when and did... I don't know any of the new guys really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I still, Osborne and a few of these kids, and I want to see him do good. But I get there, and I'm like, Oof. when did you leave America for good? Uh, oh, five was my last full time year. Okay, and oh six I came back because Fritz was doing the Smith thing, so I came back with him for like the first few races, and then Daytona and the weird ones. Did you go home? Did you just miss home? Is that why? Did another opportunity? Yeah, I was getting to be forty years old, and my, my father wasn't very well, and my sister's useless, and my friends are having married, getting married, having kids, and I'm just. You're living you know, in a camper, started, yeah. Yeah, started, I'm living on the camper on somebody's driveway. I'm having the time of my life, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, you, everybody looks up to Bevo, but I'd be thinking, dude, I don't want to do this when I'm sixty. You know? No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a hundred percent with you. Like, yeah, I, I and, like, the thing is with Smith as well. I found is because we had sunglasses in the truck, 
it, you think, oh, the job's driving around giving away sunglasses. How cool is this going to be? But it's not. <laughs> the, job, the job's saying no to people. Yeah. And that's, you know, nine times out of ten, you have to say no. Yeah. Because you just don't have enough stuff to give everybody who's asking it for you. Yeah. yeah. So you would dip nine times out of ten, you know? For sure. And, and that, that's got hard, and that just wears you down. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I look at some of the guys that are still doing the same jobs, and I'm just like, how, how can you still be doing that? How, how, how do you not want to evolve? How do you not want to do something else, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, good for them. They're sticking it out, you know, John yeah. Cusack and. Knowles, I, I always tell Knowles, Knowles yeah. I'm, I'm always telling Knowles, like, what are you doing? Still building goggles, Knowles. Come on. Yeah, those guys are cool. I mean, they're super nice guys. I mean, I saw, I saw them in Aston for the Jeep for the Nations, and I was having a meeting at, at Wilvo, and he came over looking for goggles. And I'm thinking, dude, I do not envy you trying to build goggles. <laughs> no, you know? no, no, not at all. Do you? Do you like the way the GPs are going and the way they're run and everything else and, and all of that? Do you like that? What's the- uh, as everybody gets involved, to be honest, you you know, like you listen to the all the people bitching. The people bitching aren't aren't the riders. The riders are quite happy. Mm-hmm. Generally, generally they don't complain. Yep. They're you know, and also you know, as wet it was in Assen, if that had been a natural track, you wouldn't have got in or got out. It wouldn't have been on. It would have been cancelled. Yeah, yeah, it would have been uh, tough. Yeah. You couldn't see anything. And the track was awful, and it was a long day. But end of the day, it was still an event. And it had had that been at a grass circuit, you wouldn't have got in, got out. It'd have been in. They'd never run it. Well, it would have been Fox Hills on ninety eight, right? Oh my God, what a mess that was! <laughs> um, yeah. So you're generally speaking, you're you're okay with everything the way the, the way things are going. Don't bother me at all. I'm out of it, to be honest. Right. I, 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 the teams who I deal with, the Wilbos and Kameas and Standing Constructs and all these guys. They're all they're happy enough to do it. So who am I to say it's not right? You know, yeah. they, And these guys who are who own those teams, they're some wealthy dudes, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they don't. They, it's like Kurt Clovis, you know. He does what he wants. And if these guys didn't want to do it, they wouldn't do it. They ain't yeah. doing it for money. They're not doing it for anything. They're doing it because they, they yeah. love the sport. If the if the frustrations and the uh, the expenses got too high, they just can walk away, and they don't. Yeah, right. they all, you know, and it's like all the people complaining, oh, the keyboard warriors, and maybe weren't there, or I think we're giving these people maybe too, maybe we listen too much to these people's opinions. That they used to be the dudes screaming at you behind the start of Southwick. <laughs> now, now these dudes have got an opinion, you know. Yeah. Even the guys throwing full cans of beer at you because you were racing against John Dowd. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I remember. A Red Dog would Red Dog would would would, would uh, not get he'd get spared. They liked Timmy. He was sort of oh, East okay. Coast, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But like any California guy, oh god, it was on. If you were from California and you could challenge Dowd or Henry, it was on. <laughs> no, yeah, um, I didn't like that at all. Who was who's the best guy you worked for? All Ooh. around, just. Oh, Jesus, put me on the spot now. I Billy Lyles, I enjoyed working for Billy. Paul yeah. Eddie was my buddy. Yeah, Paul was Robbie, your buddy. You know, Robbie was cool as shit, really, because he was doing good, you know, and he was easy to be around. He was fun. I mean, there's quite a big age gap there. Yeah. Um, Rob Andrews, I looked up to those guys so much when I started out, you know, so I was kind of in awe. Um, but, you know, like, I enjoy working with Mike Brown whenever I get a chance. I like him. He's down to earth. He's got yeah. some anger issues, but he's cool. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you can't put your finger on one guy. I don't think. I mean, obviously with you, it's Timmy, but for me, they're all different. You know, like Lyles was cool. You know, and was Lyles? I don't. Was Lyles good that year? I don't remember. Not particularly. We 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 won a race, and you know, we were running podiums most weekends, top five really. Oh, that's good then. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was good. But I mean, not what he was used to. Um, you know, he was coming back from podium in most weekends. But he was he was fun to hang out with. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um yeah, and I guess with, with Edmondson too, you guys were just having a ball, just two buddies. Yeah. 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 We were just um, you know we were just winging it really. It it's uh who's the best guy that you've who's the best guy that you've been around as a uh, either on your team or or you know you, you've sponsored with Smith or or whatever else that. Maybe doesn't get enough press or doesn't get talked about as much. Matt Lemoyne. Lemoyne, how that kid, yeah. How yeah. that kid didn't make it, I don't know. Right. He was, he was good. Talented. Yeah. Kid was talented, you know. I, like he was Villa Pertosby. You know, how did Ryan come out with what he did and Lemoyne come out with what he did? It just didn't make any sense, really. Because on skill, there wasn't much between them. No. No, I, yeah. Uh, you're absolutely right. 
There's not many people who would have picked Dungey or Villapolo to have the success they did back in the day. No, no, no. And like you know, when you're doing the amateur thing, you're trying to pick on these kids to to try and pick. You know, like Weimer, I wouldn't thought Weimer would have gone as far as he did. Right, you know, that right. Was, but he, he's a hard worker, you know. Yeah, yep. And he's a super nice kid. His parents are cool, you know. And like Dean Wilson, you wouldn't think he's got where he's going to get from his amateur results, really. Mm-hmm. But you know, Dean's so cool to be around and so so good at the PR stuff and the social media stuff, which is so important nowadays. What was the best bike you've worked on? Ah, the Reynard 125 is my favorite. The the big the big bore. No, yeah, the one four four. That was cool because we were beating the big dogs. You know, we were beating Pro Circuit. And, right. You know, it was a factory Suzuki. I, don't get me wrong, but the thing was special. I think that year. I think it was the same year that Mike Craig for sure had a big bore and he would only race Moto One. He would never race Moto Two. Did he? I don't know. Yeah, there was. He would get like top five or top eight in Moto One and then never show up for Moto Two. And you're like, well, why is that? And then I found out. Yeah, it was a big bore. Uh, so. Yeah, no, we had we had a problem at High Point. And uh-huh. the, bike, the bike stopped, and this was my first experience of working with a factory team. Like they wouldn't let me go and get the bike back. They sent somebody else to go and get it back, and I had to take it apart. And as a cylinder, I pulled the cylinder off the bike, and the engineer just, without even seeing it, knew what had gone wrong, and I didn't know yet. And the little pin that stopped the ring from turning around had come out. Oh yeah, yeah. And from then on, they said new piston every race. Jeez. So every, yeah. every time he sat on the bike, he'd had new piston, new rings, yeah. new, oh, new, I, re, new clutch. Oh, that thing didn't fall apart. I remember a yeah. few times between motos seeing your top end off, and I'm like, what, what, what's, what's going on? I do it every time he rode the bike. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, and, right? And also then he got to the point where he only liked one shock. Yeah. Uh, he, we had tons of shocks, but he, he only liked one of them. So we had to take the shock off, and Scott would service it in the back of the truck, in the Suzuki truck. <laughs> while I was doing the top, while I was doing the top end, so we could have that same shock on again. Dude, that sounds like a Larry Ward mo- movement. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean these guys, they get happy with stuff, and you got to yeah. do what you can. But you know, when you're changing reeds and clutches and top end and front and rear wheels, I had a spare set of tank panels graphics because they were ripped up every time he rode them and mm-hmm. brake brake pads. I mean, this thing was having a full on rebuild, and you've got like an hour and ten minutes. Ah, <laughs> uh, is Thorpe the greatest? Uh, UK rider ever, yeah. Noise yeah, and, and in my opinion, Thorpe's just, and, yeah. Thorpe, Thorpe's just a gentleman. I deal with him now, and he is super cool, super polite, super humble. Just I never. I, I did a podcast with him a long time ago. I just rang him up out of the blue. He was watching soccer or football, yeah. and and he talked for a long time. I never liked the fact he in '85 he beats Bailey at the Dis Nations in Germany. Yeah, and in '86, of course, Omera beats him. You know, in yeah. Majoria and MXA. Yeah, back break. I, I, I mean, everybody forgets that. And that, yeah, dude, it's in Majoria. You try riding around a 500 on that little thing with no rear brake. And hey, then, I'm not taking away know, from Johnny O. Johnny yeah, O. Of course, on. yeah, no, of course. And, and, and I never felt like Thorpe Thorpe's status never got to be as high ever ever again because of MXA. Yeah, world's fastest amateur or something. They call yeah, it. yeah. But uh, dude, if you're in England and you grew up, I mean, it's really him. And his father, why I got into it, because mm-hmm. I was at Farley Castle, uh, I want to say 85, when he came from last to first. Uh, and dude, it's like you've never been, the place you couldn't move, tens of thousands, I mean, hundreds of thousands, I don't know how many people were there. And it was just to watch this guy come from last to first and just watch the crowd like a, a wave around the track, wherever he was. And, you know, we were all stood at the back of the truck trying to get glimpses. Yeah. And dad there with the white gloves on and... <laughs> I stood behind him with a pit board and like that. At that moment, I'm like, that's what I want to do. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I want to go. And I was done as a rider at that point. I wanted to be a mechanic. And so, you know, I've got utmost respect for him. There's only two people make me nervous when their name shows up on my phone. It's Dave Thorpe and Mitch Payton. Those two on my phone. What the fuck do they want now? Yeah, when Payton calls me, I'm like, oh, boy. I don't know. This could yeah. Usually, though, it's it's – he, he he! Something happens on the Pulp Show that makes him laugh, and he has to call me to discuss it. So that, that, yeah, that, that he hasn't called me and bitched me out. To be honest, I'm, we're doing okay. He right. called me last time. He, the last time he called me was at Farley when he called me just to say the bikes look good, which is nice. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's not too bad. That's right? a business. I, I look up to Mitch. I, I try to emulate what he does, like one percent of what he does, and I'll be happy. Yeah, 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 and that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely right. Right. Um, and you know, we were just at Pro Circuit the other day, and. I cleaned the shop as part of his bet, and, and, he, yeah, and, he, and cool. he he jumped in and played along. And I'm just like, this guy's so busy right now. He's got yeah. everybody calling him, and he's doing this stupid skit with us for this. Yeah, show. no, he's a cool guy, you know. I mean, he has his days. 
And, you know, he's all on his shoulders, you know. And of course, he's going to have days where people piss him off. Yeah, yeah. My, my favourite Mitch Payton story, we were in Minneapolis Supercross, and we were drinking in the hotel after because all the bars closed. And this was when RJ was looking after Tortelli, if yep, you remember. Yep. And I got, I used to, I, I went to the truck, got a cooler full of Coronas, which had been on ice all day. And uh, I got this, like, this squidgy plastic lemon lime thing to put in the, <laughs> and somehow RJ decided, if I was to snort a puddle of this lime juice, Mitch would squirt it, squirt it in his eye. I'm like, Dude. so I snorted it, and it's the most painful thing I've ever done. And Mitch, in fairness, tilted his head back, opened his eyes up, and squirted that thing, filled his eyeball socket with it. Really? Oh, oh shit. dude, it's just like, it's, you can't buy them times. You know, you can't beat that. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, no, I, I can believe it. Yeah, some of the stuff, some of the stories you hear over the years, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen it firsthand. All right, anything else, Wobbles? Did I, did no, I, did I, did I touch on anything? Did I, did I, did no. I miss anything? No, I think we're all good. It's just, you know, we're trying to get the Superlight thing rocking and rolling in the States now. We've had Jeff Cernick, MX Tires, sold quite a bit for us at the Amazon Nationals, but I want to get into the pro teams a bit more. We've had Rock River using it before, and uh, Michael Linz is talking about running the stuff, and now, you know, Ollie Stone's going to help some guys out with it, and we're just going to... It's not an easy market to break the American market. You know, it's a strange thing. If, and if, if people contact you on your website for some super light tie and you mention Pulpamex, Rob will give you a deal. How's that? I will give you a deal. Yeah. And I need to get some on your YZF 450, but there's no point in sending you stuff until we can back it up with selling the stuff. But wow. the thing at the moment, we can drop ship from the UK for like 40 bucks. Oh, really? You know oh, nice. I mean? Yeah, it's no big deal. Jeez, that's not too bad at all. No, that's yeah, all right. Yeah, I think it's 47 bucks. Um, Looking back, you're happy with everything? You're happy with what, what you did as a mechanic, what you accomplished? I always like to have done more. I mean, there's a few things which, you know, I was supposed to work for Rhino in, like, 2002. It was the year that he got busted up at Steel City on that 450 Honda. Yeah. I was supposed to fly to California to sign for Chaparral, and I was going to look after Rhino in Supercross, and then I was going to help with Jeremy. Uh, other way around. I was going to help with Jeremy at Supercross, and I was going to work out rhino for the outdoors and that would have been a cool job but that didn't work out and then you know the suzuki thing where i should have stayed but i got wrapped up in a whole load of legal stuff with somebody else's problem yeah but i got kind of shafted on that because i think i did a good job and mm-hmm. you know yeah uh, and so there's a couple of times where i just got I think unlucky Berlut, Berlut worked for robbie in 99 he did yeah, and, yeah. You, know, you can't fault Berlut doesn't no no a of course killer, not, yeah. a killer job you know Berlut's one of the best guys ever to turn any ventures you know and i'm not sure I'd have gotten any better out of him than anybody else. But the only thing I, I, I always instilled in him, it was it was me and him versus the world, you know? Yeah. And then you see some other guys working on bikes, and I'm not mentioning any names, but you just think, dude, I can be, I'm so much better than that. <laughs> well, and they've got these cool jobs, you know? You're like, how the fuck I, there's a There's a few guys that stepped into jobs uh, with factory guys that you're just like, wow. Uh, they just hung out with them when they were a kid or whatever, and then they had this enormous success. And you're yeah. like, good for you, but you're like, damn it! <laughs> I know. I'm working. I'm working so hard trying to get in there. And there's these guys who just like the cool guy gets the job. You know? Yeah. No, that happens, man, for sure. No, absolutely. Uh, that happened a lot. And I think now these kids coming up, there's so many more opportunities, don't you think? You know, you how many guys to star employ? How many guys to pro circuit? Employee? Yeah. How many guys? There's a lot. There's so many jobs. When I was trying to bust into it, there was four factory jobs. Yeah. There was no, yeah. Nobody was leaving. Nobody was getting in there. It's yeah. just not. You know where I see openings at is I see so many suspension guys because, like, there used to be, well, there used to be no suspension guys at the track, and maybe a maybe a Showa guy, maybe a KYB yeah. guy, but now like KYB has a Cowie guy and KYB has a Honda guy, and yeah, Showa yeah. has you know their own guys dedicated to the teams, and I just see Showa, KYB, and WP people everywhere. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really and what about what about these practice mechanics? What a what a killer job that is! No, no, I disagree. That they, they gotta water the track, they gotta groom the track, they gotta do the practice bike work. They they, they gotta they fix. They, and Europe, they're not that way. They show up to a track with the kid. The oh. kid rides around and goes home. It's easy. I no. did it with Jamie Dobb for a little while. Yeah, it was the easiest thing in the world. No, these guys that work on these facilities, like. Uh, hey, go change the water pump on the on the on the water truck. You know, go change oh, the fuel okay. pump or whatever. Like it's just they really don't have a great, in my opinion. They got to do. Nah, well, it's different in Europe. In Europe, like I say, when Jamie was world champion and yeah. he went to two fifties, and they basically ran out of time to test the bike. He was still testing the bike racing, and so Kurt Nicole contacted me and basically they'd send Jamie home with parts. So I'd go out and try him with him in the week, but 
you'd only ride the bike twice, you know. And yeah, yeah. A lot of time we weren't washing it because it didn't need it. And it was just like, it was easy, really. Yeah, was, yeah. You're like, you know, sweet, this is awesome. And you see a lot of these kids, and that's how they learn in the trade. And I have, I respect that, you know. Yeah. That's a um, good way in, and it's a good way with no pressure because it's the pressure that's hard. What's the sketchiest travel story you have over in Europe? Oh, dude, I was with Lyles the one time. And uh, this was going into Eastern Europe. And uh, at the time, it was still border crossings mm. and visas and this and that. And yeah. We went through the border crossing into East Germany, I think it was, or Czechoslovakia or somewhere. And Billy didn't have the right visa. So the guard kicked us out and he was a dick and he was still, and I was waiting, I was just sitting in my truck waiting for him to finish his shift so I could try it again. Really? And at the time, the, um, I sat in the truck for a little while and he's still in his booth and there's like the office at the side. And at the time in the truck, they used to have these printed out time training things, just like sheets of paper with yeah. like first practice, second practice, uh-huh. whatever. And I grabbed one of those and I walked across to the office, took a piss in the office, come back out, waved the paperwork at the guard and he let me straight through. <laughs> got the, got everything straight. Let us yeah. Just went in there, took a piss, come back out again. Can you imagine? Hey, they, oh they, my god! Yeah. And then like from then on, if we didn't do anything sketchy like that, we just stick him in the toilet on the truck and just drive through. Never got checked. Right, right. Jeez. But, I mean, you'd be in trouble, you know. That's... Oh yeah, back then, those days. Oh my god! Yeah, these dudes have got guns. You know, they don't mess about. <laughs> no, no, no doubt. Yeah, Europe. Europe was a different place back then for traveling. For sure. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, my favorite, I think my most fun times were with Paul and then with, with Denny, you know, like, fuck, we used to get every race was fun with Denny, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Denny, Denny's a fun guy. Fun, no, fun. very much so. And of course, you know, I knew Fro and Budman and that, but once you're with Denny, you're kind of in that inner circle. <laughs> and then, you know, everybody shows up to Dallas. You're like, why don't you all come to Dallas? Yeah. Oh, well, oh wait. Oh, bit. wait. Yeah. Grayson Goodman's here? Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, this is going to be fun. Um, yeah, there's a bit of that. The, uh, well, yeah, with Danny, I went to a house party. Danny was, no, Danny was there. I went to a house party um, after a national one time. Somebody rented a house. Or I, I saw some things, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I didn't realize this goes on. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was in these. I was in the rooms, and I've seen some stuff, and I was editor <laughs> for a magazine at the time. And I'd be like, really? I'm like, you ain't going to say nothing? I'm like, no, I ain't. But... Yeah. You know, and I had a lot of I had a lot of fun. I've got to say, with like Leroy and Ali Seymour, yeah, yeah, Joey Mauer at Suzuki. You know, there was one trip we went to we went to Tijuana at three o'clock in the morning, which didn't end well. <laughs> no, no, probably not, right? Yeah, well, it was we were we were at San Diego, and they all packed up, and then we went to some hotel bar, and that closed, and went to some strip club that closed, and somebody had the idea, let's go to let's go to TJ. All right, you know what doesn't uh, close TJ? Yeah, so that's where we went. <laughs> Uh, we got oh, escorted out. We got escorted out of the country. Oh, that's hilarious! That's great. Uh, big night. Um, DocWob.com, everybody, go there, visit it. Uh, check out the, the super light uh, titanium bolts that Wilvo, among others, are using. Standing Construct, I think you said too, is using yeah, it. Yeah, Standing Construct. We got Kameo, yep. Itachi. There's about nine Grand Prix teams running the stuff. Nice, nice. Good, to, good to see. You. And good to see you again at uh, at PC the other day. Wobbles hadn't seen you for a long time, so. Always a pleasure. I'll yeah. tell you what, I'll get, I'll get that Thorpe thing done, and we'll get that, we'll get that printed. Let's do that, please. Can we do that? I, I would love to. Yeah, uh, that, that's, I've, that's... Got all the, I've got all the words in my head, and I've got all the photographs on my computer. We just got. I get told them. you, I'll unless, pay... unless you're happy to do it without anybody riding the bike, then hey. No, no, I'll, and I'm happy to pay you for this too, because I think this, that's that's a real cool bike and, and a real cool story. And you, know, I'm geek, I geeked out over everything that you posted about that. It was amazing. So. Yeah, it was some cool shit on there that you just when you took it apart, you're like, dude, this is never made production. No, <laughs> no, never, never. So, uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars with Doc Wobbs. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. No problem. You're a star. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbet because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart... There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. 
And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years go on.